So thanks so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your plan is to prepare us for your return. That you don't want to come like a thief in the night, but you're getting us ready. Help us, Lord, to have understanding. Thank you for speaking through me. Thank you. You're so good. We praise you. We love you and give you all the glory in your name. Amen. So, Jesus is saying to his children, stop sinning. He's coming, and we're thinking we're okay. But he said, and the reason we're thinking we're okay, because we think sin is okay. And I want to read to you, first of all, Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And this is an amplified classic Bible. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone that calls him Lord, but he who does the will of my father. And so doing the father's will is living by his kingdom principles. And anything other than that is sin. Anything that he doesn't agree with, anything that he told us not to do, anything that pricks your heart, any conviction you have, is sin. Anything he tells you not to do is not his will. And so that means, first of all, you have to know the word of God. You can't live by hearsay. People will tell you what they think of the word of God. They will tell you their opinion, but that doesn't matter. Because when you stand before Jesus that day, you don't want to be the everyone, the the person that um, is calling him Lord, but you're not doing his will. Not everyone. You can call him Lord. But not everyone who calls me Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. That means not everyone who calls him Lord is going to go to heaven. So that means some people are going to go to hell. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So if you're in agreement with the word of God, and again, you got to know the word of God to be in agreement with the word of God. So if you choose to be in agreement with Jesus, If you choose to obey him, if you choose to, after you ask Jesus, come live on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit is telling, yes, don't do that. No, don't do that. And you got that feeling, you know, you you know, the thing that you're not supposed to be doing deep down inside. If you would get your flesh out of the way, you would know you're not supposed to do that. If you're really honest with yourself, many will say to me on that day, but Lord, We prophesied in your name, driven out demons in your name, and done many mighty works in your name. That's what he said. Many are going to say that to him. And so you can look at that a little deeper, and that can say all kinds of things if you sit and meditate. And if you sit and meditate on a verse like this, Jesus is going to talk to you. He's going to tell you the thing that you're doing instead of what he said. He's going to show you that really what he's saying, people are going to be arguing with me, but, but Jesus, but Lord, what about when I did this for you? And what about when I did that for you? And he's going to say openly and publicly, I mean, I see ourselves in the, in the line of the sheep and the goats and we're waiting to be judged. 
And so he's going to say in front of everyone, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my command. I never knew you. Then who were you fellowshipping with? I just want to say that because lots of times we can be fellowshipping with the enemy and we don't even know it. Corinthians says to take captive every thought. And the reason for that is the enemy comes into your thought life. So he can be telling you, oh, that's okay. You heard God, but then he comes and says, oh, that's okay. God understands. Jesus got on that cross for you. He does not expect you to be perfect. That's too hard to do. Right? In the garden, he said, you can eat off that tree. You're not going to die to Jesus. He said, turn, turn the stone to bread. Jump. The angels will catch you. Right? That's what he does. And we have to know our enemy. We have to know him. And you can get to know him by starting to do the word of God, because he's going to come. Jesus said, as soon as you hear the word, the enemy is going to come. And he is going to try to get you not to do the word. And not doing the word is sin. So if you want to live with Jesus, if you need a motivation not to sin, if you want to live with him, then you better stop sinning. And then I'll say to them openly and publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my command. Can you imagine how he must feel? I mean, think about it. Jesus, we love Jesus. He's our friend. Yet you're following the enemy. You're doing the exact opposite of what he told you to do. And so then when he comes, you're going to be arguing with him. You know those people that want to argue the gospel all the time? They, they want to give you their opinion of what they think Jesus means. And it, it's really silly because we don't even have time to do that. What we do have time to do is get into the Word of God and find out for ourselves what Jesus is saying to us and then do it. Get the job done. We got a job to do. We're to be doing the greater work, but we're just fooling around, sinning. We're getting caught up in sin. We're sinning. We're sitting around sinning. Think about that. Think about what you're doing, what you're wasting time doing when Jesus has something for you to do. When you should be working on instead of running around trying to figure out what you're going to drink, what you're going to drink, eat, and what you're going to wear, you should be working on getting that sin out of your life. Jesus said very distinctly to me, stop sinning. Tell them to stop sinning. They think sin is okay. Sin is not okay because on that day, he's going to say, depart from me. You who act wickedly, disregarding my command. He said to hear the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. So if you're not hearing the word, if you're not getting the word in your heart and you don't know him and you have all kinds of excuses, why? That is sin. And he said, stop sinning. Stop making excuses for your sin. And you might be thinking, I can't. I can't do it. Exactly. You can't do it. And that's what he tells us in John. In John 15. He tells you how to get to the place where you can do it. Let's start in verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. 
He said, I'm in verse one, John 15, I'm the true vine and my father's vine dresser. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts off, he trims it, he cleanses it and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more richer fruit. He's going to clean you up. He's going to help you be cleansed. He said to the disciples, you are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding and being vitally united to me, to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. And then verse 5 we read, apart from him, you can do nothing. If a person does not dwell in me, he's thrown out like a broken branch and withers, and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. He's talking about hell. If you're not going to abide in him, if you're not going to come in agreement with him, if you're not going to let him teach you, Revelation 3.19 tells us he, he corrects those that he loves. If you're not willing to be corrected, if you're not willing to take on his opinion, then you can't live with him. You can't live in heaven with somebody you don't, if you don't agree with him, you can't live there with him. If you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done to you. So if you continue to live in him, you remain in him, you're going to have that power to put off that thing that's trying to control you. The thing that your flesh is yearning for. And you're going to start yearning for him instead. And that's the place you got to be. And then when you, you can ask him anything and he'll do it because you'll be in agreement with him. If you don't know the word, you don't know him. He's not abiding in you. You're not abiding in him. You can't ask what you will and it'll be done for you because you're not going to know what you should be asking. You're not going to be in agreement with him. You're going to be about your flesh. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love and continue in my love. Actually, I missed verse 8. When you bear and you produce much fruit, my Father is honored and glorified, and you show and prove yourself to be true followers of mine. That's when he's going to say, hey, he's not going to say, wait for me, I never knew you. A true follower bears much fruit. A true follower is going to take on his character. You're going to learn how to love. You're, you're, you're going to learn how to be rejected. You're going to learn all the things you need to know to be in agreement with Jesus and be ready to move in when, with him when he gets here. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on, live on in, in, in it just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live in his love. I told you all these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and your joy and gladness will be full of measure and complete and overflowing. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved, just as I have loved you. So, and then he said, no greater love has shown stronger than to lay down your life, to give up your life for your friends. And that's so, it's, it's a hard call. I mean, without him. With him, when you abide in him, you can do things that you just can't imagine that you could do because he comes and empowers you with his strength, his love, his peace, his joy. 
And so that's how you do it. That's how you get rid of that sin in your life in Genesis 4. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why do you look so sad and depressed and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? Verse 7. And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you. But you must master it. Or you got to master sin. You got to get to the place where you recognize the enemy. And, you know, the enemy is always going, blah, 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 blah. Do this, do that. Buy this, buy that. Eat this. Oh, you know, you should be um, offended at what they said to you. And he wants you to mull over all these things. But God, he's, he's a voice. But also he's that knowing that you have deep down inside that you got to sometimes get quiet and dig for. You got you to pay attention. Because he's not going to butt in and just be blabbing his mouth all the time like the enemy is. He's not. He's that still, small, gentle, kind voice. And it's good to get on the floor, get on your knees, put on some music and seek him. Pay attention to the word. When you pay attention to him, you're going to start hearing him. When you pay attention to the enemy and he sees that um, he can get you to sin, you're going you're to be fellowshipping with him. You're not going to be fellowshipping with God. You've closed the door on God. When you walk away from God, he's not going to come and force himself. He's going to on you, but he's going to reach out to you through people or whatever he can. But the enemy is constantly going to be petting your flesh, telling you this is okay, that's okay. You can do that. God understands. And, you know, God does understand. He understands that you're letting your flesh rule you and you don't want to do that you don't want to let your flesh rule you because when your flesh is ruling you satan is your god he's ruling you he's taking over your life and you're following after him and then you maybe think you're following after god and then on that day what's he going to say to you he's going to say away from me i never knew you you who practice lawlessness i just want to read one more thing to you um, after he said, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. First, I want to say, I was just thinking of this, so I'm going to say it. Can you imagine um, in Matthew 25, Jesus said to the five foolish virgins who hadn't gotten ready. He said they were knocking on the door because they finally got ready. And they're saying, Lord, Lord, let us in. And he said, I'm not acquainted with you. You know, there's so many things to say there, but I'm just going to say, if you're not acquainted with him, you haven't been corrected by him. You haven't gone through some things with him. You know, and what I mean by going through some things with him is when he corrects you and it doesn't feel good and then he counsels you and then he gets you on track and then you're so happy that you obeyed him because what he had for you is better than what you were trying to figure out for yourself. And so you're going to be more than acquainted with him. He's going to know your heart. You're going to have cried. You're going to have him have sung to you. The other day, um, I had a little persecution in my life, and it was really a, a huge heartache for me and, and just feeling really bad. And he started singing this song to me, and it's by Fish. I don't know if you know it, but it goes, You're my little girl. You're the one that I created. No one in this world could ever be like you. And it just felt so heartwarming. So you got to be more than acquainted with him even. You have to be 
in love with him. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to fall in love with him because he takes such good care of you. He's so good. He's so awesome. And so anyway, I want to read this and and then wrap this up. Um, I just wanted to say, you don't want to be on the other side of that door. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, and but Lord, we did this and we did that. And I will say to them openly, I didn't know you. You disregarded what I said. You ignored me. People are ignoring Jesus. They know they're sinning. People tell me, I know I'm sinning. And they don't, they don't care. They don't seem to understand that um, they have to get rid of that sin. So verse 25, and the rain fell. Everyone who hears these words of mine, I have something in the way here. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man, amplified classic Bible, who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house. Yet it didn't fall because he because it had been founded on the rock. When you build your life on the word of God, when that storm comes, when God comes, when Jesus comes, when it comes, when that wrath comes then you're going to be standing. You're not going to fall apart. You're not going to wish he wasn't there because you're going to know in that moment you hadn't been building your house on the rock. You're only going to be safe if you build your house on the word of God. And that doesn't mean that you live by someone else's opinion. You got to get in to the word of God and find out what Jesus said for yourself. Otherwise, when you stand before him, Whoever you followed is going to be there with you, and you're going to drop right off into hell. That's just the way it is. I know lots of people don't say it, but that's the truth. Everyone hears these words of mine, does not do them, will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great and complete was the fall of it. And that is what will happen. I just had this vision as I was reading that of like quicksand if you build your house on the sand and and all of a sudden jesus comes and and the earth starts opening up in your house your temple you great will be the fall of it you have to choose jesus you have to make a plan for your eternity you can't just live the case or kind of life whatever will be what will be Whatever happens, happens for a reason. You need to make a choice. You need to change your life. You need to change your destiny now. We're in the season where Jesus is at the door, ready to open the door, and he's warning us, stop sinning. Stop sinning so he can rescue you. That's what he wants to say to you today. Stop sinning so Jesus can rescue you when he comes, so you don't fall into the sand and seep off into the flames, hell. You don't want to live with the devil and his angels. And he's tricking you. He's trying to get you to go to hell. That's what he's trying to do by telling you everything is good now. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, you can. Yeah, just do whatever feels good. Buy whatever you want. Doesn't matter. No rules. God has rules because they're good. He's love. And he wants, when you do things his way, The Bible says you reap what you sow. You do things his way. You're going to reap more than you could ever have imagined. Ephesians 3.20 says more than you can ask or think. 
He has a good plan for you. He had a good plan for Adam and Eve. And so Satan had to mess that up. He wants to mess that up. He hates God. And the only way he can get back at you is to um, get back at God is to attack you, to lead you astray, because he knows that hurts God. Stop letting him hurt God. Stop sinning. Let God be your God. Let him love you. That's what he longs to do. Let's acknowledge him. If you never asked him to come live on the inside of you, Revelation 3.20 says that if he's knocking at the door of your heart already, if you invite him in, he's going to come in and he's going to dine with you. He's going to come in your heart and he's going to hang out with you and he's going to teach you if you heed his voice. And right before that, it says that he corrects those he loves. So he's going to correct you, verse 19. So let's pray that prayer. And then get on your knees, open your book, open the book, open the Bible, and find out his will and start doing it. Stop sinning so he can come get you. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you want to come and get us and you're teaching us how to be ready. Help us to know the importance of not sinning. Thank you. We praise you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So appreciative that you're getting us ready. Help us, Lord empower us. Help us to know we can't do anything without you. Recall these words to us that we spoke here today. So come live on the inside of us. Teach us your way. Prepare us for eternity with you. We love you and praise you. Give you all the glory. Thank you so much for listening today. Share my video. Tell people he's coming. And, and let's get ready by stop sinning and then let him counsel you and give you that good life while you're here. I have come that you may have life, have it to the full until it overflows. Give him permission to help you walk in the good life here. And then you get to and we'll end with him when you leave here. Thank you so much for listening today. Yeah, we'll see you.